This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Betting Weekly podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. As ever, it's uh, the brilliant Nigel Seeley and myself, Harry Simiu, taking you through the weekend's European soccer action. Nigel, how are you doing, first of all, mate? I'm good, Harry. A bad week last week. Uh, started off week one superbly well. Um, yes, last week was, was a bad week. So it shows you the, the pitfalls of gambling. You can have a, you're only as good as your last bet, and uh, our last bet wasn't so good. So, yeah, we're still in profit on two weeks, and we'll, but we will we'll be in profit through the season. But it just shows you sometimes, keep your stakes quite minimal. You know, if you have a big win, don't suddenly up your stakes. Keep them steady. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's a picking process. We keep picking the winners, keep picking the winners, and we show the profit at the end. But, uh, yeah, not great last week. Do you have a top, by the way? Do you have a top? Yeah, very nice. Very, uh, very on brand. I like it. See, I the, like back, it. see the back. Yeah, let's have a look. Look at that. Look yeah. at that. A, a gift, a gift, a gift sent by uh, one of our uh, our listeners and viewers. Uh, Paul Laguna sent me this through. I'm going to New York tomorrow, so I thought I'm going to the match on, uh, I'm going to the game, um, New York Giants against Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. So I thought I'd wear this. The trouble is, this is supposed to be a, a medium or a large. I mean, it, it's, it's us, us Brits are a lot smaller than these Americans. This is supposed to be a large. The, the kids and us have all been sleeping in the back garden for the last week, the size of it. It's, it's absolutely ginormous. But, uh, yeah, thank I you very always, much, Paul. I always find, though, with, with the jerseys for sort of NFL and, and all the American sports, they always seem to be massive, don't they? We're used yeah. to these tight-fit football shirts that well, make me or you look awful. So. Well, I've, I've met you, Harry, so I know that this would fit you quite snugly. So, I, you know, I know, all, that, all, that, all those pictures you sent us of the of the Cypriot barbecues you're having. I'm sure you'll fit into this quite easily. But uh, yeah. for me, you know, someone who, who doesn't drink any alcohol, someone who, who works out like myself, someone who um, is very conscious of, of, of my appearance and my uh, and my physique, I need, to, I need to get a little bit bigger. I need to pump out a little bit more iron in the gym. Yeah, they don't call you Jason Statham for nothing. No, there exactly. you go. There you go. Um, Nigel, just quickly run us through um, last week, because as you said, it, it wasn't a great week, but it's part and parcel of gambling. And we had such a great start. It was always going to be difficult to live up to it. Yeah, we did do very well in the Premier League. We had West Ham to beat um, Burnley. It was nil-nil. After 10, 15 minutes, I knew the game was going to be a nil-nil draw. Uh, we had Leicester. Uh, we sort of opposed Leicester. We went with Newcastle plus a half. I thought, you know, given the... The fact that Leicester had come back from uh, Napoli and, and had a tough week, that we might get some from Newcastle. Newcastle didn't perform. And then we had Leighton Orient were our bet of the week. Um, they got back into the game at 1-1 on Saturday and they had a player sent off against Crawley and lost 2-1. So, no, it wasn't it wasn't a good week. Um, but again, the week before, 6-1 parlay winner, 6-1 dog winner. Uh, we've got plenty in the kitty. We're not getting too carried away yet. Our, our heads are way, way, way in front. And uh, this week I've been working hard and hopefully we come back bouncing back with a, with a few winners this week. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let's uh, let's kick off by bringing you guys the answer to the question that we posed last week, and it was, uh, which famous actor did Nigel Seeley uh, appear alongside or work alongside uh, in a West End production? Um, Nigel, go on, tell us the story. Tell us how it came about. Tell us the answer. Everybody's dying to hear uh, who it is, who, which Hollywood red carpeter, is that what you call them, uh, yeah. you shared a stage with? Yeah, well, uh, I was 15 years of age and I auditioned for the National Youth Music Theatre in uh, in England, singing and dancing. As you've seen me sing, Harry, you, you're aware of my singing and dancing. I, I'll tell you what, Nigel, you're quite a dancer as well. I've got a video. I don't know if I sent it over to you. Have you rocking some moves i was i was pleasantly surprised i must say there you go see so when i was 15 i auditioned for the national youth music theater and i got in and i i was in a show called the ragged child uh, which we toured around the uk and we spent six months at the saddler's world's theater and the uh and the actor who i shared a room with who i travel with who i become friends with was jude law uh he was he was my roommate and my colleague and, and my, I, I had a couple of lines i was a little street urchin jude law was a good looking kind of a lord i was a street urchin and uh, one of my lines was spare a penny for the boys on Pair lane mister and that was my that was my line uh i always remember it but i was like a little sort of oliver twist kind of character you know the artful dodger so nothing's really changed much 30 years on things are exactly the same but it was jude law the answer to the question brilliant stuff and look some of these stories from nigel okay they are all true but i get why people could think hold on a minute this sounds a little bit far-fetched. So what we've done, what I've done without Nigel knowing is I've gone and looked this up. I've gone and looked this up and made sure that Nigel is telling the truth. And if you have a look at this, you will see on this list of cast members, you'll see the name Jude Law just there in the middle. And you'll see Nigel Seeley down the bottom to the left. So yeah. There it is. The proof yeah. is in the pudding. There you go. There's a, couple of, there's a couple of other famous people there as well. There's a guy called David Knockman Watt, who's a um, big uh, TV executive now, who uh, was responsible for uh, reform, reforming Take That. He, he did a documentary on a, a boy band over here. Uh, yeah, so that was the uh, that was it. And there's a other couple of people. There's a guy who was in it. I can't remember whose guy was. It. I don't think he's on that list, but the guy who was in it is in The Crown now as well. So there was a few famous people who, who made on it. People are wondering whatever happened to Nigel Seeley, and the, the fact is he's sitting in an American football shirt in a in a in an upstairs cupboard in his house talking to Harry Simeon on Zoom. So they all know now. <laughs> there you go. We've you've made it, mate. You've made it. Then Jude Law must be gutted that he could have been me. He could have. He could have been. Why don't go back to that picture? Would you go back to that picture again? Um, see that guy. I don't know if you got it there. Oh no, they they were the the lead. The lead in it was Johnny Lee Miller. So the lead actor was Johnny Lee, who, mar who married Angela Jolie. He was the lead. He went to school with me. So they, that's another bit of information. Same year as me, Johnny Lee Miller. Um, he was. Do you, uh, do you wish? Do you wish you married Angelina Jolie? Or I, she asked me out a couple of times, but I was out with Princess <laughs> Katerina of Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Uh, right, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, start by. Uh, Nigel giving us his uh, big matches from the English Premier League this weekend. I can see you've picked out a couple. Yeah, good start off with the game. I had to do it to you, Harry, because we, we, you know, I know you like it when Arsenal one of the big matches of the uh, of the week, and they're going to Leeds. And um, I looked at this game in quite a lot of detail. Um, Leeds obviously absolutely decimated by injuries, and you know, at the weekend, sorry, midweek, they lost seven nil against Manchester City, in a game that could have been ten. I mean, it really could. Man, but Man City would have beaten any team 
in the English Premier League on that night by four or five. They were absolutely immense. Foden was superb. De Bruyne was superb. So, I mean, Leeds have had a really, really wretched run of fixtures. I mean, prior to that, they played Chelsea, went down 3-2, but played really, really well, you know, 90-second-minute penalty. So I don't think this game is as a foregone conclusion as many suggest. Now, obviously, Leeds are plus 250, Arsenal are plus 107, and the tie is plus 260. But Bielsa will get a response to his players. There is that, I have no doubt. They'll be on the training ground working hard. And I just, I'm not going to have a play on this game, but the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I've seen it so many times in sport over the years, not only in soccer, in tennis, in, in American football, when teams have such a bad performance, they put in a massive shift the week after. And I think that could be the case for Leeds here. You know, they're still without Calvin Phillips, they're still without Bamford, they're still without Cooper, three big, big players. They've got no defenders. So goals definitely look on the agenda. But before you go rushing to back Arsenal, just a word of caution, because I think Leeds will, will improve tenfold uh, and they're at home. And if you look at their home record, their home record is, is very good. Um, and Arsenal on the road, are pretty poor. They've only won one. It's in their last seven, or, you know, as, you, as you know. Um, so it's not a bet. It's not. A, but it's, I wanted to talk about this game purely and simply because a lot of betters will just look at the last set of fixtures and the results and think to themselves, well, Arsenal will beat Leeds because they've lost 7-0 against Manchester City. It doesn't usually work out that way. So for me, if I was going to have a slight lean, I think it'll be a tie. I think the draw plus 260 is probably the best play to play it. Value play. That's the biggest odds of all three on the match markets. But just a word of caution, don't jump into Arsenal at plus 107. Because as you know, Harry, if anything can let you down at those kind of odds, it is Arsenal. As we saw last in their last game against Everton. You know, cruising to a win, threw it all away with 10 minutes to go. And, and Leeds, regardless of injuries, that crowd, Ellen Road, will be rocking. It's a tough, a tough match for Arsenal. Yeah, it is. I think you're absolutely right. Arsenal struggled at Ellen Road last season when there was no crowd. They were outplayed by Leeds United. So, um, yeah, good shout that. Um, the other game you've picked out is Tottenham and Liverpool. Uh, that one is due to take place on Sunday. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, it's a difficult one for us to really talk about too much because both of these sides are in it. We're recording this on Thursday morning in England and on th tonight they're playing on Thursday as well. So we Tottenham uh, we might are playing Leicester and Liverpool are playing uh, Newcastle. So depending on that, depending some injuries may come through on that. But Tottenham are plus 410, uh, Liverpool are minus 159 and the tie is plus 330. Um, I first looked at the price and thought Tottenham are bigger plus 410. I mean, they, they, they've got a very strange, you know, they've had a very strange season. Everyone said they've been rubbish and they, they, they haven't performed, but they could, they've got a chance of gaining four position, go, overtaking Arsenal. Um, their home form this season is, is good. They've played 11 games. They've won nine and only lost two. But the two losses they've played have been against the team's better clubs. They got beaten by Chelsea 3-0 and they got beaten by Manchester United 3-0. But they did beat Manchester City. So... The other thing for Tottenham is they're rested. And I, I know they're playing on Thursday, but they've had so many weeks, or it's about 10 days now, have without any football because of COVID at the club. So they're quite rested. And, and Conte would have worked on the players here. Uh, and, and, but I think Liverpool will edge it. But I do think there'd be goals in this game. I think both teams to score uh, a yes, which is uh, minus 148. Or if you want to bet the over two and a half in the game, uh, I think take the over two and a half game. So my, my theory here is, I, first of all, I thought that plus 410 was a big price. For, for Tottenham. But then the more I broke it down, the more I think goals is on the menu. So both teams have scored yes or over two and a half goals 
which is minus 155. But my slight lean would be for both teams to score yes at the better odds. Good stuff. Let's um you, you touched on the fact that COVID has impacted a number of clubs in the Premier League. We saw um at the time of recording last night a game postponed just two, three hours before it was due to kick off. So this is a problem that we're having here in the UK at this moment in time. And a lot of people kind of nervous about how this situation is going to develop. So I want to bring in an email um, a little bit ahead of schedule from one of our listeners where they've, they, they, the, the email comes from John and John says, Nigel, any idea how the rising COVID cases is going to impact the Premier League? Do you expect football to stop again in the UK or do you think they'll plough through? Well, I know there was a meeting um, last week with the Premier League and or this week, actually, with the Premier League and the uh, some of the leading figures at football clubs, because a friend of mine was at the meeting and um, he he I think they're going to vote on it. I, I think the games get banned if they if they haven't got 14 players or something, something like that. Uh, but I think the Premier League will continue because the testing they've got every day it's just getting the what they need to do is get all the players or, or the majority of the players to be to be um vaccinated uh, and that's the issue and they haven't they haven't got a big vaccinated a vaccination take up amongst the players and when you see a lot of players going down with heart problems but Sergio Aguero you know retired yesterday from football with a heart problem I don't know whether it's COVID related but we've seen four or five players uh, have heart problems in recent weeks I think there's a lot of people who were in, in, in the sporting arena who were quite worried about it. And I think that's the thing they've got to overcome. I think it's more of a problem in the lower leagues. I mean, in English League One, English League Two. I mean, we haven't lost many games yet, but I think the weekend and the build-up towards Christmas, I think that's going to be a lot. And also, I think it could be a little bit tactics as well. I think a lot of clubs will say there's a few players out if they've got some injuries over Christmas periods and give them, give, give them time off over, over the Christmas period and see what happens in the new year. But um, it's definitely going to play a part. Uh, in 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 the next few weeks, and I think you'll see more and more and more clubs. I mean, Leicester tonight against Tottenham have got huge. Um, uh, they've got COVID cases, but the game has to go on. It's, it's been has to go on, um, and it will come a point where I think they're forced to play because they won't be able to get all the fixtures in, um, like uh, towards the end of the season. And you've got to remember, it's a World Cup near next year. So, I think it, I don't think it will be decimated like we saw before, but um, I certainly think games will be lost. But I think it's the English lower league is going to have the big problem. Yeah, completely agree. And and you mentioned about teams maybe wanting to have games postponed for for other reasons. And I think I think what you've got is is a really weird situation because if you think back to last week when Spurs' game, for example, against Brighton was cancelled or postponed, Brighton were in a position where none of their back four, pretty much back five, were were available. And so I'm not saying that they wanted the game called off, you know, and and they pushed for it, but I'm sure they wouldn't have pushed back against the idea, given their injury crisis. So I think it's a really interesting situation. Um, so those are the two games that, that Nigel's picked out. Leeds versus Arsenal, Tottenham versus Liverpool. It's time uh, for your dog of the week, your big underdog of the week, Nigel. And tell us who you've gone for. Well, I've got, a, I've got around, I uh, looked around Europe and I've looked around some, some, there was a couple of, that almost come into it in, in, in leagues around Europe. And I've gone back to the Premier League. And... Um, I'm not quite sure whether all is well at Chelsea. I think the amount of goals they're conceding, they scored you know, 3-2 against the reserve lead side, 3-3 against a very poor Zenit side, and 3-2 defeat against West Ham. That is like that was eight, eight goals they've conceded. Sorry, yeah, sorry, seven goals. Eight, eight, sorry, eight, I can't mad up this morning. Eight goals they've conceded in three games, which is so unlike Chelsea. We were sitting here 
saying about betting Chelsea to win to nil week in and week out would pay the mortgage and pay for Christmas. And now they've got a crisis. And they're playing a, a team that I've been really impressed with in recent weeks, Wolves. Um, Wolves won 1-0 last night against Brighton. They were so unlucky to go one nil, lose 1-0 one nil at Man City uh, last weekend. I thought they played really, really well. They had a chance to get a draw. They had a player sent off. They get, had a penalty um, was, was given against them, which was never a penalty. The week before that, they narrowly went down at home to Liverpool with a 93rd-minute goal. Um, they've kept clean sheets prior to that against um, uh, Burnley and uh, Norwich. And I think they're a very, very hard team to beat. And at home, Molyneux is a tough place to go again. It gets rocking. And I think Chelsea going there, at the, mo- the way Chelsea are playing, the way Chelsea are defending at the moment, I think Chelsea um, are a little bit vulnerable. I mean, Chelsea should win it. They're, they're heavy, heavy favourites to win it. But Wolves are 6-1. to one to win at home against Chelsea. Now, if you asked me three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I would have said, no, no, no way whatsoever. But at six to one now, with the way Chelsea defending and, you know, and the form they're in, um, I think that six to one is a, is the dog worthy of being the dog of the week. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they, they don't go out and go crazy and bat, bad mouth me on Twitter if Wolves get B3-0. But at six to one, I don't think they are a six to one chance. I'll make them a probably a four fifty chance, and that's a little bit of value um, for me. Six to one Wolves to beat Chelsea. Yeah, def- definitely value there. Definitely, when you're talking about prices like that, completely agree. Um, let's get your weekend parlay. So every week here on the Betting Weekly podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Nigel pulls together for us a weekend parlay. What have you got for us this week? Well, I've got. Uh, Two in England, one in Spain and one in Germany we're going this week. So we start off with uh, the Premier League. Uh, I'm going to go for Manchester United at home to beat Brighton. I think Man United under this new manager, Ranic. Ragnick, isn't it? Ranic is a tennis player. Um, Ragnick is a, um, look, a bit, bit of a different side. I know they they um, struggled uh, against Norwich, but Cristiano Ronaldo got out, got them out of trouble. And they're up against the Brighton side who are really struggling. They haven't, you know, we were talking about them being a side that were going to finish in the top eight. They haven't won in the Premier League since uh, 19th of September. Um, they draw an awful lot of games, but when they go up against the bigger sides, they tend to get beat. They were beaten 4-1 by Manchester City. And now they've got a draw with Liverpool at, um, at Anfield. But um, yeah, I'm going to go for Man United uh, to beat a Brighton side that have looks to me as though the bubbles burst. You always get a team in the new year in the English Premier League that have know they can't go up and know they can't get in Europe, know they can't get relegated and just sort of plod along and suddenly, all of a sudden, they finish fourth and bottom in the league. Brighton could be that team next year. Charlton used to do it every year, many years ago, and other teams like to do it every year. But Charlton could be that team. This, sorry, um, Brighton could be that team this year. They, they're not going to get relegated, but a few injuries... Good manager who might think I want to leave in the in the summer, and they may just drop down. So I'm going to go for Manchester United to win that. I mentioned this team um, two weeks ago, and I've seen them live, and I thought they were fantastic. And I think they're an outside bet uh, for promotion for, uh, via the playoffs in the um, in the Championship, and it's Nottingham Forest. I'm going for Nottingham Forest to beat Hull. Nottingham Forest, when Steve Cooper took over were bottom of the championship. They're now eighth. Um, 
since September 18th, they've only lost once, and that was at Fulham against Fulham. Now, Fulham, top of the table. Uh, they're unbeaten in their last uh, eight games. And last week, they put in probably their most impressive performance uh, away at Swansea, winning 4-1. And they're at home to Hull. Now, Hull are on a decent run as well. Hull are playing some good football. They've drawn their last two. They won their four matches prior to that. Uh, but that come on the back of five losing matches. But I think from what I saw from firsthand from Nottingham Forest, they are a very good side. They're young. They're full of pace. Uh, very, very fast counter-attacking side. And um, they're a unit. They, they play together. The amount of last-minute goals they score and, and late goals they score suggest they never give up. And I think they'll be too strong to beat um, to beat uh, Hull. So Man United and Hull. Uh, over in Spain, I'm going for Rio Vallecano. Uh, they are, at, I can't remember where they're home to now. I've got to find it, Harry. So they're at home to, I've got, I haven't got my notes. But Rio Vallecano are a side that I have been following uh, in La Liga in recent weeks. And we've been making good money from them. They're sixth in La Liga. Um, and their home form is, is, is fantastic. They're unbeaten at home this season. They're at home to Alves. Alves, Alves yeah. Alves, Alves. Um, I've been betting Rio Vallecano on my uh, tipping website for the last three or four weeks. And their home form is, is fantastic. Uh, whenever they're at home, they're a side that you want to be with. They're sixth in the table. They, they could get into the uh, the Europa League or maybe even if they get... Let's try Madrid drop some more points. They could even get in the Champions League. I know it's a far off. But at home... They have the best home record in Spain, ahead of Real Madrid, ahead of Seville, ahead of Atletico Madrid. They've played uh, eight games at home, one seven, drawn one. And defensively, they've only let in three goals, which is the best defensive home record. And they've scored 17, which is the third best offensive record in Spain. And they play Alaves, who, for me, are relegation fodder. They're just above the relegation uh, zone at the moment. But Real Vallecano to beat Alaves is a, a great bet for me. And my final bet is Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, they did me a favour last night. I bet them to win last night uh, and they won in Germany. And they're at home to Mines. Uh, and the Eintracht Frankfurt are an exceptionally good football team to watch on the eye. And this should be a decent watch. Um, I think they've got goals in them. They're getting better and better and better. The only problem is their home form isn't that great. They've only won two from their home matches this season. But Mines, um, away from home, have got the worst uh, road record in the top half of Bundesliga. But I think that winning midweek against uh, Mutsch and Gladbach for Eintracht Frankfurt, 3-2 win, they were losing that day, come back, I think they've got a great chance. And that plays $10.20. So we're going to go for Manchester United, Nottingham Forest, Rio Vallecano in Spain, and Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany at plus $10.20. The biggest... Parlay we've given since the podcast started. It looks good to me. Looks good to me. I was sitting there nodding as you were going through all those options. So definitely one uh, worth putting a bit of pizza money on, as uh, as Nigel would say. Uh, so do check that out. Just to recap, Manchester United, Nottingham Forest, Rio Vallecano and Eintracht Frankfurt. All to win is this weekend's The Betting Week Parlay. Uh, right. It's time again for Nigel Seeley's Famous Friends. Now, we've had the princesses, we've had Hollywood royalty, but Nigel has more famous friends, as you won't be surprised to learn. So 
this is this week's question, and I want you to get your answers over. You can DM me on Twitter at Harry Simu. You can email me um, at harrysimumedia at gmail.com if you'd like to do that as well. And the question is this. Nigel met an American sports legend and pretended to be American. Who was it? Was it A, Tiger Woods, B, John McEnroe, C, Michael Jordan, or D, Dan Marino. So the options, once again, Tiger Woods, John McEnroe, Michael Jordan, or Dan Marino. Now, Nigel, I've got to ask you this. When you said pretend to be American, did like the accent just come out? Like, was you it just, just it, it, it just happened? It just happened. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go up there and go, hey man, hey, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't try to be American. I just introduced myself and suddenly I was American. And I got to the point where I am, um, I was so nervous to meet this person. I couldn't stop talking American because I thought, <laughs> I thought if I stop, this guy's going to say, "Why were you American a minute ago?" And now you're from London. I just, I just carried on, and it, it was only when I walked away and I thought to myself, "What a clown you are, Nigel! Why, why, why have you done that?" But if I told you where I met the guy, you would know straight away who it was. So I can't tell you any more about it. But I, I went up to him, I shook his hand, and I went, "Please stop me." <laughs> <laughs> And I just went, I just went all American and I couldn't stop. I had to, I had to continue. I had to keep continuing to like be American. And, uh, and then, and he, I think he looked at me and just say, is that, is, is that guy? <laughs> and, then, and then I wandered off and then I wandered off and then I just thought to myself, oh no, Nigel, what have you done? But yes, I, I did. I did. I did. Yeah, that, that does happen. I remember when I first started working and I was a, uh, a young lad and and I was at work having a bit of a laugh and, and the phone rang and I thought it was an internal phone call from someone working upstairs, answered the phone in a stupid accent and then had to continue talking yeah. to a customer the yeah. whole time like that. Cause you can't go back. Can you? No. It's, once it's done, it's done. <laughs> but I thought if I, 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 I think I said, I, I can't remember. I think I said like, please to me, please to me. Hey man, I'm a big fan of yours. I was like, <laughs> And so you, went for, you went for a very specific accent well, then as well. As I, said, I can't do I can't do American accents. I can do English accents. I can do Northern accents, but I can't do. But as soon as I as soon as I said, please, please to meet you, I thought uh, he looked at me and just say, "Where's this guy from?" And then I went, yeah, I'm a massive fan." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop. <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, right. So get your answers in. Remember, again, the options are Tiger Woods, John Macaro, Michael Jordan or Dan Marino. Right. Um, Nigel, let's get your play of the weekend. What is, in your view this week, the best bet across European soccer? Well, I've touched it already. Um, it's it's a similar thing. If, if our underdog does well, then our player of the week does well. Last week, our underdog was terrible when we went with Newcastle. We went with... Um, uh, Newcastle on the handicap and we bombed on both but I think the player of the week this weekend has to be Wolves uh, on the Asian handicap against Chelsea and Bet Rivers will give you Wolves receiving one and a quarter gold now you might say one and a quarter gold what does that mean well if you have ten dollars on it five dollars will be on Wolves plus one and the other five dollars will be on Wolves plus one and a half so the only way we can lose on this play all our money is if Chelsea win by two or more goals and you've got to remember this season in the for Wolves, they played 19 matches this season and this bet would have only lost in two of them. They don't get beat. They just well, they do get beat. But when they get beat, they only get beat 1-0. They're defensively, their defence is a unit, a solid unit. 
They've obviously got um, suspensions up front, which means they, they're not going to be able to score the goals. But defensively, they're, they're so hard. And, this, and I think this could revert. The way that Chelsea have been playing, I think they'll go here, pay Wolves a lot of respect, and Tuchel will not want to concede the goals that he's done in recent weeks. And I think this could be quite a, a defensive-minded game. I was tempted for the under two and a half goals here at minus 132. But I think the way Wolves are, if Wolves get beat, they usually just get beat 1-0. Wolves will play that big Connor Cody and that Marshall defence, and they'll be very, very hard to break down. And they pretty much got it perfectly right against Manchester City last week. And it was just a dubious penalty, a debatable penalty that saw them lose the game. But so the best bet of the weekend is Wolves plus one and a quarter v Chelsea on the Asian handicap with Bet Rivers. Fantastic stuff. Uh, that brings us towards the end of the podcast. Nigel, anything you want to add before we... Uh... Would disappear. I know you're going away. You're looking forward uh, to your trip to the going, to going to New York. If anyone's around and wants to catch up for a few beers in, in Manhattan over the next few days, I am. I mean, the COVID test we've got to do. I've got to, I've got to do a video call after this with, with uh, someone to make sure that I stick something up my nose correctly and uh, and make sure that's uh, that you know it just it's crazy in man. test with three tests, six tests we've got to do in, in in four days, three each, which is mad. But uh, can't wait to get out of this. The first time I've been over the states in two and a half years, and I'm looking forward to see some good friends and got some nice dinners planned to meet people. And if anybody wants to catch up and have a couple of beers, give us a shout. Do they do? Do they sell Stellas in New York? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not like our Stellas. Honestly, it's weak. It's weak. <laughs> I mean, if, if the Americans drunk the Stella over there, and then I took them out down the uh, the Dog and Fox here, after three of the ones over here, they'd be on the floor. <laughs> it's a much weaker version in America than it is in it is here. Much weaker, much weaker. There you go. So if you want to meet meet Nigel and you want to hear his uh, mashed up together American accent, hey, howdy, how you doing, guys? <laughs> you can uh, you can hit him up on Twitter. I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll respond. Anyway, uh, we're going to leave it there. Thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you like the video if you're watching us via YouTube. Make sure if you're listening via the audio platforms, you leave us a review. We'll be back next week with more. And uh, until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. All the best. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network.